Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. Hey there, it's Jody Katz. Thanks for joining me at Where Brains Meet Beauty. This podcast series is my side hustle. I do have a day job. I am the founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. We're the omni-channel branding agency hyper-focused on the beauty and wellness industries. This episode is great. It features Amanda Thiessen. She is a makeup artist, and she's also my makeup artist. She does my makeup before I go on stage for speaking engagements, and she also does a ton of client work for us. And she's going to speak to you about what it's like to be a freelance makeup artist and the hustle that it requires. Uh, If you missed last week's episode is with Joseph Cortana. He's a fragrance expert, uh, most specifically where fragrance meets fashion. And um, he and I also went to high school together, which is pretty cool. So I hope you enjoy these episodes. Oh, and one more thing. This episode is sponsored by Babblebox. Babblebox is an integrated influencer marketing agency run by my very good friend, Sherry Langbert. They're best known for their innovative co-sampling programs. Babblebox creates a competition-free, theme-based sampling program that places your products in the hands of social media influencers who are guaranteed to post, pin, snap, tweet, and share your message. I trust Sherry, and so should you. Enjoy the show. This is so exciting for me because I'm sitting right next to Amanda Thiessen, who is a freelance makeup artist and my makeup artist. Yay! And welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy that you're here. And I want to like walk people through how you and I met. Yes. Um, I think those sort of origin stories are really interesting yeah. and um, really help humanize our industry. So one day I was driving... Um, I don't know to where, but um, the phone rang, and you know I have like the Bluetooth, I'm not you know texting and driving, yeah, not, not talking and driving. <laughs> and um, I picked up the phone, and it was a number I didn't know, but for you know for some reason I chose to pick it up that day, and it was this guy Anthony, who was a makeup and hairstylist rep. And um, he started talking, and I started chatting with him, and he's like, you know, I just met somebody at Con Air. Maybe we should go over there and meet with them together. I'm like, okay, let's do it. And, like, he was, like, so good at the hustle. Like, I was so not. So, anyway, um, he and I did that. Then he decides he's leaving the industry, but he introduced me to you. Yes. And I'm so grateful for I, Me, that. too. It's something, you know, so great that came out of that experience from me, too. And then so. we did Con Air jobs together. Yes. Lots of Con Air commercials. Yep. yep, which was such a fun experience for me. Um, and even at that point, I mean, that was a few years ago. Yeah, I mean, it could be four years, even yeah. more, maybe. So, I mean, I was still pretty new to sort of freelance life at that point, too. So it was really exciting for me to be, you know, on a set with a big crew like that and doing things like that. So Yeah, that was so awesome. Yeah, it was great. So um, I, Amanda's also very personal for me, and I'll tell you why, because she is the person I turn to when I need hair and makeup for events. And um, I can say that after doing this a few times with you, there's nothing more comforting than knowing that my hair and makeup are getting done by someone I trust, like, with everything. Like, not don't have to worry about it when I'm super nervous. Yeah. Like, I'm super nervous to get on the stage. I'm super nervous about what I'm going to say and not messing it up. And to be in that moment, like, in trusting hands, um, it's a really incredible feeling. Yeah. Well, and I think you sort of hit the nail on the head. And it's something that, you know, with special any sort of special events, I always try to tell people is that, like, on big days like that, when things are really important, there's nothing that you can do that's right. 
So it doesn't matter if you're really good at your hair and makeup. Like, you're going to mess it up because you're just so nervous and there's so much else going on. I mean, at least that's how I am. Like, on really important days, like, I can't do anything right because I'm just so nervous. So I think it's really important, you know, to, to have people around you that you really trust when when you need those things. Yeah, I think it's almost like an investment in peace of mind because if I had to, like, worry about my hair, which, I, you know, I really, um, I don't, I don't have the hacks for hair um, or makeup, really. I'm more of a skincare girl. If I were to have to do that myself and be stressed out about it and sweating and worrying about getting to the venue on time and worrying about what I'm going to say and what I'm going to say to him, am I going to have to look at my notes or, you know, all this stuff, I would be really frazzled. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, for you in particular, you take risks sometimes, too, and you really, like have become really comfortable in creating, like, real looks. So, particularly for things like that, yeah. you know? I, I, I think the last time I did your hair and makeup, I had my friend Brenna come along and she did your hair, and it was a full look. Yeah. Like, no one could have done that on themselves. <laughs> like, it would have been really hard to get in the back of your hair and do all that. So, it's, it's really... Yeah, it's important for, for big days. Yeah, I want stage hair and yeah. stage makeup. Yeah, when in amazing. my life do I get that? It was amazing. It was an a epic look. <laughs> so, um, okay. Um, you are so incredible, both hair and makeup. And for all the artists listening, um, I think they want to get a sense of, like, you know, do you have to focus on one? Do you have to just stay in one lane? Or can you, can you really have a career in two lanes? Yeah. So what do you think of yourself as mostly? I'm a makeup artist. Um... It's interesting, when I kind of got into hair and makeup, which was probably about eight years ago is when I sort of started playing around with it. Um, I met this woman, her name is Carrie Lou. Um, she's a makeup artist in New York City, amazing. She's been in the industry for a really long time, tons of knowledge. And I... She she hired me to freelance with her to, you know, go to do weddings with her or other jobs. And she really sort of forced me into learning how to do hair, and I didn't want to do it. Um, but it does open up the industry for you a little bit um, as far as jobs go. But it's at the same time, you know, my focus is always makeup, and I'll never take a job that I don't think I can do. Um, so if I am being required to do hair, I want to know that, like, I can do it, no problem. It is actually simple because sometimes it's like, oh, it's just light hair, but it's not. You know, you really do need a dedicated hairstylist for a lot of jobs. Right. Um, so it's, it's a balance within the industry, but um, I'm definitely a makeup artist. So what, um, what made you want to be a makeup artist? I, it's, it's interesting. Um, Sometimes I'm, like, envious of people who have these stories where they, like, have always wanted to do this, and they knew it from when they were little and all that stuff, but it's just not my story. Um, I was definitely interested in it when I was little. Like, I remember watching my mom do her makeup and things like that, but, like, you know, I was wearing blue eyeliner in eighth grade, so... Like, Where we are. Yes. Oh, gosh. Frosty. Frosty blue, of course. Um... But I went to school for musical theater in Hartford, Connecticut. Um, again, there I definitely took an interest in makeup because we had to learn how to do stage makeup, but I didn't, I wanted to perform, you know, I wanted to be an artist just in a different capacity. And um, when I moved to New York, I pursued theater for a very short time. 
I had one professional job in Connecticut and then moved to New York. And just the industry ate me alive. And what I ended up realizing was just that I didn't love theater enough to pursue it as a career. Um, so I was bartending at a place in New York and they, like part of our uniform was wearing makeup every day. So I just started to really sort of have fun with it. And I feel like, you know, makeup kind of found me. I didn't find it. Um, so I had this one client in particular. Her name is Jean. She's actually a career coach, which is kind of funny. Um, and I was, I mean, I would see her all the time. She would come in and she'd be like, you're on a double. Like, how do you still look good? Or like, how do you get your blush to look like that? Like, my, my skin always eats my blush. Or whatever it was, you know? Um, so I just started working with her and I would go to Sephora with her, you know, we would talk about what she wanted to do and then we'd go back to her house and put on the makeup that, that we just bought for her. And I, I don't even, I can't even pinpoint the moment that it happened where I was like, Hey, I could do this. But I just got so inspired and I just started emailing everyone. Like I just Googled and emailed every artist in New York. I must, must have emailed 100. I was actually going through my Gmail the other day and like deleting from the back. And I was just like, man, I was hustling. Like I just emailed everyone that I could. And I had some- What were um, you asking them in the email? I, can I assist you? I'll bring you coffee. I would love to watch you. I'd love to take you out for coffee, lunch, whatever. I just wanted to gain some experience or some insight or some knowledge, whatever it was. Um, and then I had Carrie Lou, who I mentioned before, who was amazing and really like took me under her wing. And so did she so respond to the email? She did, yeah. And then I came in, uh, I brought my friend Ratika and I did makeup on her in front of Carrie Lou. And she was, she just saw that I had an, like a natural ability for it. Is she the only person who responded to the email? No, um, Lauren Casenza as well, who she's, uh, she has a blog called Delicious Blog. Um, she also responded and she was incredible as well. She's, a, we're still in touch. She's a new mommy now um, and she's lovely and, and was so uh, supportive. And she got me one of my first professional gigs, which was Cosmo, which is kind of crazy. Awesome. Yeah. So this is so fascinating because you came you know, after college to be a performer, yeah. right? Get those, like, amazing gigs on Broadway. And um, didn't feel like you wanted to pursue it further. So you, like most actors, you had a bartending job, yeah. right? And it's your bartending job that propelled you into a career as a makeup artist. Yeah. Um, I wonder how many other bartenders out there are actually budding makeup artists. Right. I Well, and I think that I find that a lot of actors tend to go into makeup. It's kind of like a natural progression. A, because it's, you know, we're, it's just how our brains work. We're artists. Um, we like to create. Um, but also because you do get training for it. You know, you know how to do makeup. And obviously, you know, day-to-day -day makeup isn't stage makeup. It's not the same thing. But all of the sort of techniques are the same. It's just the levels are different, right. you know? Right, like transforming into a character in Wicked is different than me walking right. around the street yeah. where your eyebrows are like up there. Exactly. Right? <laughs> but, you know, I, I think 
um, actors in particular can really understand the like transformative power of makeup. I remember um, going to this workshop um, with Billy Johnstone. He was in um, Cats on Broadway before this Cats was on Broadway. Um, and he took this video, this like um, sped up video of him putting on his makeup and like transforming. Wait, he did time lapse like yes. a decade ago? A, two decades he, ago? In the 80s, uh-huh. yeah. Um, and it was, I just remember watching it and just being like, oh my God. Like, first of all, that these people do their own makeup. And second of all, just that he literally went from this person that I knew, a teacher, and to, to a character. So it's just, yeah, it makes sense for actors to move into that. We, we understand that. Do you think that your um, connection to acting helps you when you're doing makeup on performers? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I certainly understand nerves. Um, so I think that that informs like all of my work um, because I, I can sense and feel when people are a little anxious and I know how to respond. Um, but, you know, I think also just like with performers, particularly theater, um, like everything is a performance. So understanding that, and even when I'm doing something that's more like a red car- carpet on a theater performer, it's still a character that right, we're creating. Right, it's part of the show. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool, yeah. Right, but they need to like look like themselves, but right. the camera-facing version. Right. Right. Which is what we all do. I mean, that's for me too. Right. Like I'm usually in a bun with just moisturizer on, but yeah. going on stage to give us talk. Like I want, I want to be a little bit different. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. It's like course. armor. Yeah. Yeah, and it it kind of gives you a little bit of a protective layer, if that makes sense. Because you know, for so many of these, particularly people who are on Broadway, musical theater performers, it's like, it's really super draining. Um, but it gives them a little bit of an armor, you know? They go out, they do eight shows a week, then they come to the stage door, they sign all these things. Like, you want some sort of privacy, right? Right. Um, so, yeah, I think it allows them to have, have that as well. So how often are you working? You work with a lot of Broadway people? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I work with Kate Baldwin a lot. She's um, in Hello, Dolly right now. Um, and that has been such an incredible relationship because I've been working with her for over four years now. So, um, you know, much like my relationship with you in the beginning, it was very, I just listened to what she wanted and I executed it. And that's fine. I'm happy to do that. Always happy to do that. But, you know, now that, like, we've really developed, you know, a working relationship and a friendship, she trusts me. She knows that whatever I come up with is going to be great we can really, um, like, create looks for her together, you know, with her stylist mm-hmm. and with her hairstylist to, to make something that's really fun. And how did you get that first gig with her? Um, I got it through uh, a stylist named George Brescia, uh, who I also work with. Um, I met him very randomly uh, on a, a, a headshot shoot. Um, and we just kind of hit it off, and we've been working together ever since. And um, 
he brought me on to work with Kate, and her and I just really hit it off, and, and the rest is kind of history from there. So um, let's switch gears a little bit. Yeah. Um, how are you going to spend your time today? What are you going to do today? Uh, next, I have a shoot up in Harlem. So I'll be heading up to that. That one should be a pretty quick one with a newer photographer. That Well, it's, the photographer is new to me. He's not new. But, uh, yeah, and then I'll, like, go home and cuddle my dog and make dinner and go to bed. I'm an early-to-bed, early-to-rise person. Oh, you are? So, oh, like, yeah. what time are you in bed at night? Um, I mean, it depends on, like, what's going on the next day. But, like, tomorrow's an early morning, so I'll try to be in bed by 9. And will you be able to fall asleep that early? No, I'll probably stay up until, like, 9 30 mm-hmm. maybe 10 tomorrow you have a job mm-hmm. and it starts really early yeah and is that something that um, aspiring makeup artists need to be accustomed to oh yeah hours are all over the place so um and it's something that I still have to like adjust to sometimes especially like when I have a late night followed by an early morning um and the sort of you know hard thing about it is that when your job's over your job's not over so <laughs> If I have a long day, I get home, I have to answer emails, I have to post on my social media, I have to wash my brushes, I have to wash my kit, I have to repack my kit for the next day. So, like, I'm in it for at least another hour, you know, even after I've got home from a job. Right, you're just doing that in your sweatpants. Right. 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 (laughs) So, um, there's so many makeup artists, you know, we get um, emails and outreach on social all the time from people looking to work with us, and, you know, that's just a small segment of the makeup artists in the world. Um, what sort of advice would you give to makeup artists starting out on how to, um, I guess, stand out from the, the pack, and um, what do they need to do to, to get further in their career? Well, um that's, it's such an interesting question because I actually feel like the answer is changing all the time. Um, and everyone sort of has their own path. For me, obviously, when I got started, I, and I think still always, just reach out to people. Um, you know, you can write 100 emails and you might only get two, two responses like I did. But um, who knows where those two responses will take you. So I, I always say that. It's really important. Um, and for people just like really in the very, very beginning of their career, just to start learning wherever you can, you know, pick up books, you know, Way Bandy or Kevin O'Quan, like these are things that you should be reading and you should be looking for people whose work inspires you. Um, and then just start working, you know? Have I, I mean, I know when I started, just to really even get comfortable with putting makeup on someone else's face, it was always my friends. I mean, if we were going out for a night, they would come over early, I would do their makeup, and then we would go out. And it's, it's work, but it's not really work. And, and just even, I mean, certainly learning how to put on makeup is important, how to do makeup is important. But even sort of learning how to make people feel like how putting this brush to someone's face makes them feel like is that brush too rough you know just like things like that like what does that product feel like when you put it on someone else's face you know things like that are so important to to understand in the very beginning so that by the time you're working 
you don't have to think about it anymore. Right. So is work in the beginning like unpaid work? Like what does that mean? Um, sometimes. Um, I mean, I still work unpaid a lot if I'm doing like test shoots and things like that or, you know, um, low pay editorials and, and things like that. Um, there's, and that's actually another thing that's really important for new uh, artists to understand is like what industry standard is for each job because you the last thing you want to do is undercut a more senior artist and like upset someone. Right. So um, walk us through that. What does that what does that look like? Uh, well, I think it's a little bit different for everyone, but you kind of want to learn what the baseline is, especially when you're a newer artist. Um, I find that there are so many resources on like Facebook of like makeup artist groups um, and people who will be really open and honest with each other about like, this is standard. This is what you should be charging. Um, so I think that's a really good resource for people. Right. So there'll be a rate for editorial. Rate for editorial. Rate for red carpet. Rate for a full day video shoot. Mm -hmm. Rate for e-com, lookbook, things like that. It, everything is different. There's right. no, you know, and even like weddings and things like that, you know, you, you want to be charging what you're worth. Right. So this is, I'm sure, challenging for people. Yeah. Um, so it's so nice to know that they can find a group and just ask these direct questions. Yeah. Um, when is it worth doing work for free? Um, when you feel like it's going to benefit you in some way. So uh, if, I mean, I'm constantly working on my book and like trying to make it better and get different things, you know, of full variety of skin tones and beauty work and editorial work. So if, uh, you know, if a photographer reaches out or if I reach out to a photographer with a, um, a shoot that I think is really cool or they think is really cool and I feel that it's going to fill a hole in my book, then, yeah, I'm definitely going to do it. Um, and then, you know, sometimes there are days where I take jobs that I don't necessarily want to do, but I get paid for it, you know, so it kind of, they kind of bounces each other out. Right, right. I think yeah. that's probably the same for our agency work like those projects where um we're being hired at the right rate for the right amount of work and the client understands the transaction yep. and then there's work that we take where like it really doesn't feel like the right amount but it feels so important for us to just try that thing whatever the thing is yeah. um or to start a new relationship or just to do something we haven't done in a while. Yeah. Um, and we, we make those decisions consciously, like we're aware of it, right? We're, we're deciding to go into something right. knowing that maybe the money's not great, um, but that it will pay off a right. year from now, two years from now. Well, and, you know, like with test shoots, some, you know, it always is like a little bit of a risk because you don't know how it's going to come out. You know, if you've never worked with a photographer before, you don't know if it's going to benefit you um you know you haven't seen the model in real life maybe she's really good at editorial but she's not good at beauty mm -hmm. and you're shooting beauty mm -hmm. um yeah I mean there have been a ton of shoots that I've done where I've just kind of scrapped them at the end right and not use them for mm -hmm. anything so. but I think there's a lesson to come out of everything yeah we've done a lot of work and we continue to do work um with photographers for non-client work um shoots ultimately they'll sell them to 
to, you know, some Dutch fashion magazine right. or something. But what's good about them for the agency is we're meeting different artists, right, different hairstyles and makeup artists than we typically would work with. Um, but more importantly, we're getting to have, um, see a vision come to life without a client involved. So, um, you know, yeah. you and I worked on a lot of, like, fresh spaces, kind of like a fitnessy girl, right? We've done a lot of that together because yeah. um, that's what our clients of that moment wanted yeah. and that was what was right for their brand. Um, but it doesn't mean we don't want to do super edgy and crazy and wild and unusual. Right. So we take those opportunities um, to work with a photographer to have this, you know, whatever concepts in our mind come to life um, as a way to sort of guide the conversation in the future with clients. Like, this is where everyone is now. Like, you know, it's like a sitting, it's pretty basic, it's a seamless background, she's posing, but let's try spontaneous, or let's try this, or let's try that. So we actually get a lot out of it, because we're um, able to show clients who might be very literal. Um, if we're explaining an idea to them, they're not going to get it necessarily, but if we can show the idea right. to them, um, and show the work that we put into it, they'll start to pick it up, yeah. right? So um, we think that's incredibly beneficial and really important for us to keep doing, because if we only did the client work, we're only ever putting a, girl, a fresh-faced girl, yeah. you know, with yeah. just nice curled lashes yes. in front of the camera. And we need to show more. We need to be ahead of that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, every time I... Every time I, I do a test, unless it is good, clean beauty, which sometimes it is, and that's incredibly, incredibly important to have because that's what's going to get you hired again and again and again and again. But... You know, if I'm doing a test, like, I always just try to, like, push myself a little bit. Like, you can't, in in those instances, like, you, you just can't be afraid to fail, you know? Like, right. you just have to, you know, get the good, clean beauty. Get the look. Get whatever someone's going for. And then on that last look, like, just, I don't know, just go for it. Move right. with whatever you're feeling. And I think that's the whole point of doing that work, yeah. which is to try different things. Yeah. Um, it's not a, only a good education for you as the makeup artist, but it's really good for the photographer. Like, oh, I really wanted to capture that shimmer. I couldn't get it. Why? You know? Yeah. And then they can take the time to research it later so right. that they can actually then do it for a true gig. Yeah. A paying gig. Yeah. I have um, these this husband-wife team that I work with, um, Fiona and Eduardo, and I had, like, such a cool moment with him the other day, like, we were waiting for the model to get there and he just like sat down with me and he was like, you know, we love you and we love the work you do. But, like, I don't want you to be afraid to try things. And like, sometimes you are like, I love them so much. I want to work with them forever. I love their work. We just get each other. They like photograph my work so beautifully. They have a really cute dog. Um, so, you know, I want to work with them forever. So, so it, for, to me, it feels so high pressure, but it's not, you know, they love me. It's, it's fine, but you know, it was nice to get permission to fail. Yeah, and how beautiful that they can articulate yeah. to you in such a kind way yeah. with their hoping you can achieve, right? Because yeah. that opens the door to conversations. Like, when would this be appropriate? Right. I want to try something. This is appropriate for this show. Well, and it doesn't... It kind of sounds crazy, but it doesn't always have to be beautiful either. Right. And I think that that's something that, like, sometimes I struggle with. Right, and I mean, this is the whole way of the world on Instagram, right? Like, none of the beauty on Instagram is beautiful. Right. It's all, like, totally whack and weird, right. and, like, no one would ever wear it. It's just there for Instagram. Right. Um, but people get really excited to see it because it is weird yeah. or odd or, or ugly. Yeah. Um, what, where do you think this, this holds up is for you? Like, you know, why, why is creating not, like, traditionally beautiful and pretty a challenge? Um, I think... It's, I actually 
I know the answer to this question. And um, for me, when I create something that isn't, that I look at and I'm like, wow, that's beautiful. I'm like, wow, that looks awful. It doesn't look right to me, you know? Like, even if it's not supposed to, when it, it doesn't look right to me, it's really hard for me to imagine it in a photo and photographing the way whoever imagines that it should, even if it's exactly what they want. I look at it and I'm like, it's not symmetrical. Um, you know, just doing funky things like, you know, putting a different shape on a lip or just like things that are like, you know, more editorial. It's not anything that, well, some people would wear it. And that's fine. And that's great. I love that. Um, but I just look at it and I'm like, this looks wrong. And then I try to fix it. And then it's just beauty again. You know what I'm saying? Um, so just like it's something that I really I know that I need to work on and that like I want to work on is um, you know finding beauty in things that aren't really traditionally beautiful right because your your vision of beauty is different than mine right this is so personal I think so has so much to do with how we were raised and the images we saw as a kid and um, you know the impressions advertising and media had on us when yeah. we're like you know five six seven eight nine years old um, I mean I can still remember like the, I don't know, like the ads. You remember those circulars that used to come in magazines yeah. and newspapers, right? It was like the Sunday circulars. Yeah. And I remember seeing like the kids that were my age photographed in, I don't know, like the Bradley's flyer, oh, whatever yes, it Bradley's. was, you know? Um, and that was my vision of what pretty was, yeah. right? Or cool or interesting or compelling. Um, that was formed so young for me. Um, you know, I'm wondering if you can make an adjustment to the way your brain's working around pretty by going back to the theater, you know? So, like, let's yeah. take, like, you know, um, the Wicked example, right? For the, whatever character, I don't remember her name, like the... Um, Alphabet? No, the one who was, like, the principal, you know, of the school. Oh, yes. So, anyway, like, her eyebrows are all the way to her right, hairline, yeah. right? So, um, there's nothing pretty about that, right? It's all theater. It's all expression. And yeah. I feel like that's what's happening on Instagram with these, like, weird stuff. Right. It's just about expression. Right. It's just about artistry. Yeah. Um, and it's not about classic beauty, um, but you you came from that world, yeah. so that should be like I feel like you know in, it's in you somewhere. Yeah, to it's, say like that strange shape of the lip actually is the character. Right, that makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah. I it, I don't I don't know why I uh, I resist it, but I do. But I'm, it's something I know I need to work on, which I think is good too. You know, like I think that's sort of I recognize it. Right. I mean, I think realistically also, like, um, most work that you're getting hired for, you're probably not being asked to create ugly beauty, right? No, it's yes. really, like, you know, beautiful skin, yeah. bright eyes, you know, a gorgeous lip, yeah. um, the, you know, awesome complexion, right. um, something that attitudinal but relevant, right? Yeah. Um, so that's the muscle you're working most often. Yeah. Yeah, and like I said before, like, what, what's going to pay the bills again and again and again is good, clean beauty. Like, if you can do skin, you're good. Well, the last question I have for you, Amanda, is um, tell me what your, the vision is for your career in you know, five years and beyond. What, what does that feel like for you? Um, I don't, it's, so, it's so funny. Um, I feel like sometimes, like, if I say my goals out loud, I'm going to jinx them. Oh, wow. Okay. Is that but a, I would call it an intention. Right. I agree, um, but it's it's. I was thinking about it, um, and and that's what I came up with. Uh, but anyway, 
I'm going to say them out loud anyway. Yeah. Well, you're not going to say them out just out loud, but you're going to push them right. out to the whole we're right. beauty universe. I love that. <laughs> um, I, you know, when I met you, I was signed initially, and that's something that I want to have again eventually, and I want it to be like a really good right fit. Um, so that's definitely in the five-year plan uh, for me. Um, I obviously want to continue to push myself to create things that make me uncomfortable because I think that's really important. Um, I want to do, you know, more red carpet and things like that because I love it. I want to work in theater more because I love it. Um, I made the decision last year to start going to L.A. more, so even though I'm a New Yorker through and through, I want to continue to push myself to do that because I think it's really important. Um, and, you know, just keep learning and, um, you know, meeting more people and getting more, attracting more um, new clients that are a good fit for me, um, who make me feel valued and who, you know, I bring something to them as well. Um, yeah, I think that's what, what it looks like for me. I, I love New York, so this is home, but um, again, it's, I think, you know, so much of it is just, like, about getting outside of my comfort zone, too, and, like, really pushing myself to do things that maybe, like, I don't want to do, but that I know that I should to, to make myself a better artist. Right. I think the universe gives us those opportunities, right, yeah. to be uncomfortable, yeah. and um, I, I find that I'm faced with the same sort of situation again and again that's so uncomfortable for me, like, whether my body's vibrating or I'm super stressed out or it feels just too new. Um, it will keep putting the same sort of opportunity in front of me again and again until I'm able to like work my way through it. Yeah. Right. And then I'm released from that. Yeah. Because um, I've taken advantage of the learning. There. Yes, absolutely. I think that's like through all facets of our life, not just work. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Um, we appreciate you sharing your wisdom, yeah. and I know all the aspiring makeup artists will really probably listen to this episode several times yes. to um, get all the facts. For our listeners, I hope you enjoyed this interview. Please subscribe to our series on iTunes. And for updates about the show, follow us on Instagram at Where Brains Meet Beauty Podcast. Thanks for listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.